0: A to tech smart tech tech or Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. In this episode, I'm joined by John Heyman, CEO of Snap AV, a company that has become a major force in the professional residential technology business since it was founded in 2005. A distributor or manufacturer of nearly every tech product category that goes into a smart home, the company made its biggest splash a year ago with its merger with the home automation brand Control 4, which prior to that was already becoming a bit of a juggernaut in its own right. John Heyman, thanks for joining me today.
1: Good to be here, Jeremy.
0: And I I learned before we started that uh, I knew you were in the Atlanta area, and I learned that we're both Georgia Bulldog graduates, so that's really cool to hear.
1: Go dogs.
0: Exactly. Go dogs. Um, I, I just wanted to get to know you a little bit better because um, you've you've been CEO for a while at Snap A V, but uh, you know, one of these roles as the company's gotten bigger that you're um, you're you're behind the scenes a little more, maybe, than some others that that we know in the industry who have done, who've been integrators, who've done everything, that you just see them, it's one of these industries you can't escape. Um, and I just wanted to, to know when, um, when did you join the company and where did you come from before that?
1: Yeah, I, uh, first of all, it's an easy company to be behind the scenes because we have so many amazing people who come out of the industry and understand our integrator so well. And so uh, it's easy for me to play a supporting role. Um, I joined Snap in early 2015. I've been in the technology field all my life and and basically serving small businesses through integrators. Um, And I had a company for 17 years. It was a public company. We focused on the restaurant and retail space. Many of you in the industry um, or connected to the industry probably used our systems there. And we went to market through uh, a group of world-class integrators with hardware and software technologies. And we sold that business in 2011, we were a public company and uh, somebody came along and uh, uh, bought the company for a a price that we just couldn't turn down. And I, uh, after that, uh, invested alongside other private equity firms. And when the original founders of Snap AV sold a piece of their business to one of those private equity firms, that's when I started to get involved.
0: So when you were um, when you came on board with Snap AV, what were some of those initial discussions as far as, hey, this is what we would like from you um, and your experience. Here's where we've taken the company, um, how far we've gotten. Now you can kind of help us take it a step further across a finish line of some sort, whatever metaphor you want to use there. Um, what were some of those initial goals and how would you say, you know, you'd, you you know, the reality of it once you got into the role has matched up to what your goals were?
1: Yeah, I think the initial, uh, uh, when I came into the business, um, the founders, Jay Faison, Craig Craze, Adam Levy had built an amazing company. I mean, they built, they were integrators and they built a company, uh, for integrators. Um, and they felt like it was a significantly underserved market, which it was by other manufacturers and distributors, and um, they had gotten to a point in their lives where they wanted to pursue other things outside of business, frankly, um, and very altruistic uh, focus um, in terms of education, church, the environment, Um, and I think they were looking for somebody who kinda of could continue that legacy. Number one, uh, but number two had uh, shared values uh, with them, and number three had experience in um, continuing to scale businesses and, and 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 take care of integrators while doing so. Like the, the passion, Jay and Craig and Adam had was a focus on the integrator and how to make them more successful in their business. And so I think my experience with technology, my experience building a public company, my experience in doing so through uh, a different group of integrators, but nonetheless integrators who needed the software, hardware, business platforms, technology platforms to take care of the end customer uh, were all attractive things.
0: So, for those who may not know the history of Snap AV, who may be new to the industry or, or are consumers watching this or listening to this, can you explain a little bit from, I know the history, but since you run the company, you know the history better what the original founders wanted. They, they started off really as a distributor, correct? It wasn't manufacturing of any of their own. Well, the integra-
1: well, well they started off just to be clear as integrators, just like, you true, know, true. tens of thousands of other uh, businesses that we serve. And in the very early days, they said there was something broken with the model that mm-hmm. uh, manu- most manufacturers considered the industry to be a niche industry that was really hard to reach because it was so fragmented. Therefore, to serve the industry, they generally went through a model of reps and distributors. Those reps and distributors just generally didn't have the product knowledge to serve the integrator. Uh, they were a brick and mortar concept. They, there was no e-commerce site in the industry. Um, and uh, Because the distributors had low margins inherently in their business, they just couldn't invest in the kind of platforms an integrator needed. And so Jay and Craig and Adam went and kind of reconstructed how the industry did business. They said, We're going to stand up a website that's always on. So the integrator that's selling today or installing today and needs to plan at night can go onto an e commerce site that's always on and transact and research and get training. They brought brands to the integrator and said, we're here to protect your brand. People won't be able to buy these brands anywhere else. They'll only be able to buy them through you. Um, they went to Asia and found um, product companies that they felt like really fit the market and worked on things that were more what I'll call installability features. And they started bringing those products to market and and there was an inherent um, there was an inherent efficiency and in an e-commerce model that, that, them let, that then let them provide amazing support. So when an integrator had an issue and was on a ladder and called tech support, they got a live person who solved their uh, uh, issue the first time, which was important not just to the integrator, but to their customer. And so product by product and integrator by integrator, uh, they built the business with this amazing focus of uh, from a cultural standpoint of creating raving fans in the technician community. And that's that's what we've always tried to work on inside the business.
0: Yeah, I can remember when I met the founders uh, at the original event that I think that they exhibited in or at, it was, uh, it, I don't remember exactly which event, it may have been the electronic house expo in Florida, uh, but there was a, a, like a van truck kind of scenario, like a, a, a rig outside. And you could go in and see all of these um, installer products that they were then supplying to the industry and presenting. And I was thinking, okay, this is not what I'm used to, you know, being introduced to, because usually it's a manufacturers making this one product or these products, you know, this family of products in a category. And here this truck was like going into a store of all of these pieces that go into an installation that frankly, as a reporter or editor, I didn't usually see all those little bits and pieces that they were presenting, but they also had speaker, in-wall speakers and things like that, that they had had um, manufactured, like you said. Um, Later as as they went along and they started making bigger waves, you as a company made bigger waves um, with mergers, acquisitions, that sort of thing. So there were more name brand products that became part of that snap family. It'd be a long list to go through all of them, but uh, you know, along the way, I remember Sunbright came in, the outdoor TV brand. Uh, you have um, uh, you have Autonomic, which was um, you know an early innovator in the uh, I guess streaming audio space. Uh, what, what are some of the other names that were acquisitions along the way?
1: Well, I think generally speaking, what we've tried to do is understand what does the integrator need to take care of their customer and to do so in a way that makes the integrator's life easier. And so I think what we focused on as a company are two separate pieces. One is our business platform and the other is our product platform. The business platform um, is our e-commerce site. It's all the tools that are on the e-commerce site. It's, it's frankly the oversee remote management system. It's the ability to serve our integrators in a brick and mortar way instead of just an e-commerce way. We, we started to understand years ago that there are a, a large group of integrators who still like to go to local sites for service. So we've uh, made our investments on the business platform side Mostly organically, meaning we've built them from the bottom up, like oversee was something we've invested uh, tens of millions of dollars in. But when we decided to start building a brick and mortar presence at local stores, that was not an expertise the company had. Hmm. So we went out and we found some companies that were leaders in that market. Wally Winna and Bill Zydek were two of those people at Allnet. Uh, they had helped uh, and in Wally's case had built Avid. Right. Um, And uh, that allowed us to go get what I'll call critical mass in terms of uh, uh, leadership who understood what it took to run a brick and mortar site, hire the right people, work with the right third party vendors. And we've been really successful with that over the past two and a half years. We've gone from zero to 22 local stores. We're going to build over 50 over the next few years to be there where our integrators need us. So that's the business platform side. The other piece is the product side. And um, we're in a fortunate place in that um, our integrators speak to us all the time about what they need in their business. Sometimes they need things that we feel like, and this is most often the case, that we should uh, build ourselves. When, when all products in the home started becoming connected, networking products, power products, surveillance, we said we needed to build a remote cloud management system. That was overseen. Um, but there have been other products where we felt like we didn't either have the capability um, or it was just less expensive to buy it versus build it. So when we saw outdoor living emerge as a big trend in the country five plus years ago, We had already had a line of outdoor speakers, but we didn't have outdoor video. So the opportunity came up to not just acquire Sunbrite, but acquire, invest in the product line, which we did um, in terms of uh, not just a premium product line, but a product line that went under the porch, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and to do so in a way that could drive integrators margins higher on that product line than they were before, which we did. So we've done a series of acquisitions like that. Um, On the higher end uh, uh, speaker side, we did Triad. You mentioned Autonomic. uh, PackEdge was was control Force first foray into Mm -hmm. networking. So we continue to see ways to build our business platform and extend our reach and service capabilities to the integrator, but continue also to plug pieces into the product and technology platform Because we believe by doing that, we're going to bring a more installable solution and more reliable solution to the homeowner, which is more profitable and efficient for the integrator.
0: You mentioned uh, PackEdge. Obviously, then Triad came with the Control 4. Um, I I guess you called it a merger. Um, Some call it an acquisition, but depending on the, the way the books are done and all that stuff, but Control 4 is obviously the biggest name to, to join the, the SnapAV team um, platform. What um, has been different about that so far in the year and a half or year plus that you've been a part of the same family?
1: Well, I think Control4, first of all, was kind of the um, last piece of the puzzle, if you will, on the product platform side. We, the original vision of the founders was to make uh, integrators lives easier. And we did that in many different ways. But a few years ago, what we said to ourselves, if we're really going to do that, we have to actually get into the control system business. Like we were a company that had the scale to invest in it like no other company, number one. Number two, the integration of the control system with all the other components we were doing could really make a difference for the integrator and for their customer. So um, I think the first piece a year and a half ago was just bringing the two organizations together, regardless of what you call it. And I think of it as a merger because we brought two companies together. um, uh, Getting we we had a number we had well over a thousand people that the day the uh, merger was done, basically had a different boss.
0: Hmm.
1: I was the CEO. Charlie Kendall ran the product development organization. Our team runs ran sales and marketing and different components. So just getting people used to working in one company versus two companies that frankly had competed with each other prior to that in some respects. Sure. And so getting, getting the company unified was, I think, the first order of business for us. And the good news is at the end of the day, the companies had very similar visions in terms of what they were trying to do in the home. And so that was good. I'd say um, COVID was a bit of an accelerator for us. So mm. COVID happened you know, four or five months after the uh, deal. And there's nothing like a common cause to unite a company. <laughs> and all of a sudden it didn't matter what location you were in because everybody was working at home. Um, and, and by the way, most of us are still working at home. And uh, so it gave us something to kind of unite around. Um, and I think it eliminated geography. So there have been some, you know, some uh, learnings along the way, uh, but it's been a great journey.
0: Would, would you say that the the blending, uh, the coming together of the cloud-based system, service system is kind of the biggest accomplishment so far? That, that was a notable
1: yeah. announcement. I would say um, we had a number of things we wanted to do and I still, the, the, the fruit of this merger is still in front of the industry. Relative to what we want to accomplish, we're, we're, we're still in the very early innings. One of the first things we decided was to consolidate the remote management platforms around oversee from Backpack and Ahiji. So we uh, replatformed oversee, uh, Oversea in doing that. Uh, The market's starting to see early indications of that integration, and there will be a lot more over the next couple of years. Um, So that is certainly a big component of it.
0: Great. And uh, I do want to get more into uh, talking about changes since uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, days have begun. But uh, first, we need to take a short break. Thank you for listening to this episode of Residential Tech Talks. Today's show is brought to you by Y-Reboot. Y-Reboot specializes in creating commercial-grade networks that address the demand of advanced control and automation technologies for residential, commercial, and luxury marine environments. y Reboot systems are comprised of the best gear in the industry, including the Paramount Access Point Mount, developed for integrators and interior designers. To learn more, go to YReboot.com and AccessPointMount.com. Welcome back. I'm talking to John Heyman, CEO of Snap AV. Um, John, you were talking about how the management of the team changed uh, during COVID-19 and how it continues to be different. Uh, What was the, was there a central sort of gathering spot still for the company? There were so many different pieces that come together in this large company that is Snap AV. I know Charlotte is a big um, corporate presence. Was there a headquarters where people Came together in one building quite a bit, uh, or were, was it getting to the point where it was it was a lot of different people in different places already?
1: We immediately, uh, when we announced the transaction, we said we'll have two headquarters, one okay. in Salt Lake City and one in Charlotte. I would say today, our leader, our our, our executive team, there is uh, 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 multiple people in. Not just Salt Lake City and Charlotte, but also in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I live. Hmm. Uh, a few of the other executives live here as well. So uh, those of us in Atlanta, certainly pre-COVID, we traveled a lot between the two locations. Okay. And I would say um, th- there was a lot of flying back and forth between Salt Lake and and Charlotte. You know, as people got to know each other and know their teams because we have. We have components of all teams in all places.
0: Mm-hmm. And and did you um, change the way that you were selling to dealers? Um, obviously, you're not making in person visits probably initially at all. Um, maybe that's changed. There's been some opportunity to still have outdoor <laughs> interactions well, with people. I yeah, don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I think well, first of all, in person, all of our local stores have remained open this entire time. Okay. And uh, my teams there have my sincerest gratitude because they're there every day serving dealers in their markets. I think that um, we have uh, generally restricted outside travel um, and we're trying to keep our people safe and we're trying to keep our integrators safe. And we think that's the right thing to do right now. Everybody's eager, we're all people people. We're all <laughs> eager to get back on planes, uh, but not right now. Right. The uh, we, we have substituted a lot of the virtual tools. We, we were actually fortunate. We had an event happen in the company prior to COVID about a year and a half ago that required us in many areas to work at home for a month. So we were very well prepared with tools like Zoom. Hmm. And so um, I think our people are actually having more conversations with uh, partners, not less and we were already used to interacting with each other like this. So it's been you know, pretty seamless for us. I've been amazed at uh, the service levels we've been able to keep up with with our integrators and you know, the fact that while people are all working home, we keep churning out products, Chime being the most recent one.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're fortunate that our industry early on was deemed an essential business because mainly the communication aspects of everyone working from home and educating you know, school from home and that sort of thing. So we're, we're, we're all very fortunate that our industry just took a little bit of a hiccup in a lot of companies uh, other than those really tough markets like New York City, which shut down completely, yeah. could, could, could go forward safely. Um, the, the big culmination I felt for the year for you was when you did your own virtual event right after Cedia, you did this thing in October that you called Snap Live. And, uh, while I didn't participate necessarily in the sessions because it was a very dealer centric, very specific to products that, you know, details that go beyond my pay grade, really, um, you had a great keynote where you stood outside. It was, it was very uplifting talking about the business and thanking the dealers for their work during a really difficult time. And, and I, I, I wondered, um. You know, what, what your goals were for that event and how successful you felt having it be maybe your first big virtual um, training slash trade show type of an event.
1: Yeah, it, you know, I'm somewhat of a numbers uh, person, so I go by the numbers. And I was astounded when we all know how busy integrators are installing and, and, and servicing systems out in the field that people took their time and attended these sessions. Uh, we had thousands, thousand, I haven't, I have not gotten a recent count because we kept it out for, we, mm. we, we, we let people go after hours and so forth, because we knew people had customers to, to serve, but uh, we've had thousands of uh, attendee sessions um, uh, in many of the different product areas. So we were, we were really pleased um, with that. And I think it piggybacks on some of the other, like we've, we've taken the vast majority of our training virtual outside mm-hmm. of the event. And so that's also gone really well. So we'll, you know again, to right now we're all having to make do with the virtual tools we have. I think right. there's some good learnings there that let us do things and let the industry consume them when and wa- when and where they want to consume them on their own time but we can't wait to get back out there and see our, see our partners, whether it's at Cedia or other live events.
0: Yeah, and, and the other notable news that came from the company um, just a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, where you, you, you announced several um, different managerial changes with different positions. And could you uh, talk some about those roles and, what, what sort of the motivation was other than promoting and rewarding folks in the company for, for what they're doing. Was is there any reorganization in the way that you're addressing the market through these different positions in the company?
1: I think what we're trying to do overall is stay very streamlined, very fast and responsive, and continue to infuse the voice of the integrator in our business. As I look at all the, our industry buys products. But to build those products, um, we have to build them on what I'm going to say are technology platforms. OS3 is an example. Composer is an example. Oversee is an example. And I think that both before the merger and uh, when he was at um, Control 4, Charlie Kendall did an amazing job taking what I'll say was a very entrepreneurial development team that had grown up from, you know, effectively a startup and bringing in leadership, um, instilling processes um, and uh, helping the company think through and then implement all of this replatforming that has gone on to make sure that we have products for the next decade. Um, I think, um, uh, and, and there's been lots of evidence of that. OS3 was launched, Neo was launched, Chime was launched most recently, the new Oversee was, was launched. I think um, uh, Charlie's a very entrepreneurial guy. Um, and I think as we did our planning in the summer, and you know, again, we're almost two years into the integration now, I think um, it, it became time to emerge from the replatforming and processes and so forth that were instilled. And it was time to infuse more voice of the integrator into the business. G Paul Hess, um, who was the chief product officer at Snap and then was running kind of, G Paul's had a long career in the industry, sales marketing and product. G Paul uh, uh, knows the integration business incredibly well. He, he spent, he's worked as an integrator, he's worked as a supplier to the industry. Uh, so G Paul took the helm with an already very capable leadership team. Um, that was it primarily in Salt Lake City. Dave Moore came back into the business who many integrators will, will know. Dave invented oversee. He invented Wattbox and many other amazing products. He came back into the industry. He's also spent time uh, with other industry leaders. So those two uh, guys kind of are now together with our team that was in Salt Lake leading. And those guys have voice of integrator like nobody else in the I- industry. And uh, we've got some other people who t- took on new roles with that. Mike Jordan is one, Mike was with Snap, went on to be the chief product officer at Core Brands um, and uh, Jason Winchester. And so I think now we've got uh, a great team that has the right voice of integration and the right technology leadership. And 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 Charlie did a great job when he was here. And. Uh, He continues to be a shareholder and I know he's going to do some amazing things in the future.
0: So looking more broadly at the AV industry, what technology trends do you think um, seem to be driving your product and system sales and development right now? Could be COVID-related trends or just general product trends?
1: Yeah, first of all, I would say, man, if if we all fast forward from early March to where the industry today is... Um, like never before, our industry has shown itself to be mission critical to homeowners around the world. So that's number one. Uh, Our business is up virtually everywhere right now. I think that the pervading principle is the home is everybody's castle. Like this is where we're spending time inside our home, outside our home. So that's uh, one piece. The second piece is I think it's here to stay like we all we're all looking forward to being go out and to restaurants and travel again, et cetera. But if you think of what is happening around the need for people to be connected, to have more joy in their life and entertainment and more security, we enable all that. This industry enables all that. If you think about recent announcements from last week, movie picture studios are coming right to the home. With first-run movies, this is going to be the thing that drives adoption of 8K. Think of all the infrastructure that goes into the home with 8K. Think of the robust networking you need. Think about the streaming that's going to happen in your house. Think about the quality of uh, surveillance pixels and and what's happening with the analytics and so forth. So, I think we're going to continue to see uh, people not just invest invest in their homes, but upgrade their homes. I mean, this industry has a huge install base of technology that has yet to be integrated. Um, all of those things are gonna require more connectivity. And what I mean by that is the supportability of the system in the home, remote management is gonna be critical because you're not, not gonna want your integrator there every week at night and on the weekends. So that's one piece. And the second piece is I don't think, um, I don't think discerning consumers are gonna to wanna to consume this world through a bunch of separate apps. So I think the control system itself is actually gonna become even more important. So those are the trends we see, 8K, better media rooms inside homes, better networking, better surveillance, driving kind of the next frontier of security. Those are the things we're excited about.
0: Well, I think that's a good positive place to end on and a time when a lot of the other challenges of the world are a lot more difficult to figure out and to to deal with and and we're like i said we're fortunate in our industry to have some very positive things to talk about and and thanks for for you know illustrating those for us john Heyman, thanks for joining us and thanks for taking the time out to talk today
1: jeremy thank you happy holidays everyone
0: happy holidays to you and best best wishes for 2021 we're going to Hope that number changes a lot for us going forward. So, thank you. Also, right. thanks to everybody for joining us. Be sure to comment, share, or subscribe to the podcast. And you can check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.
1: Residential tech, and <laughs> lighting specialist,
0: Smart, device. smart home or smart house.